It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to the book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Romans in chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. I want to preach on this thought this week, if the Lord will help us. Play your part. God needs you to play your part. I, In an effort to put everything we are have been studying through very simply, I, I've begun to realize that all of us... we. If somebody doesn't put the cookies on the bottom shelf, none of us can get to it. And a lot of people are actually very much pictorial learners, and if they can't see it, they can't understand it sometimes. And so I've been striving to try to make this as simple as I can, not because you couldn't grasp it, but because really I need it that way. And I think that's what our job as preachers is supposed to be. We're to give the sense of the Word of God as simply and as effectively as we can. I want you to look with me in Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 1. We'll read verse number 1 through verse number 8. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth, showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now we can keep on reading here. I'm going to stop for sake of time this morning on the radio. And for those of you watching by uh, Facebook Live or maybe listening on the podcast, we might deal with the rest of this passage later on. However, um, for, the, for our purposes, I, I want to just look at this thought. Play your part. Play your part. Your part. Let's go ahead and pray before we get any farther because we most definitely need God's help. Father, I thank you for a time to preach and teach your word. Lord, I pray that you would use it as only you can to accomplish what only you can. 
Lord, I pray that you would give me clarity of thought and of speech as I try to share what you've been working into my heart. And Lord, most of all, I pray that you would be glorified and magnified by all that's said and done. I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I know this is a very familiar text to all of those of you listening. I, if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard this preached. I know this is probably one of the go-tos for a lot of young preachers as well. And I don't want you to look at it this way. I saw it a little bit in a different light. Now, we've not been in Romans, for for those of you on the radio, we've been out of Romans for a while, um, just because of some different things going on, some different thoughts God gave me, and I kind of, I felt like I'd got so bogged down, I couldn't hardly go anywhere. So just to kind of give you a quick recap of what has happened, we looked so far in the book of Romans, and some of the things we were looking at was that the, the the very theme of the book, Paul is writing this big doctrinal treatise almost, and the first, I'll say 11 chapters, it's all majoring heavily on all this, if you allow me to say it, theology, this this doctrine and, and things dealing with salvation and the sinner. And so chapters 1 through 3, we, we find that all Jews and Gentiles all are condemned under sin. The, the conclusion is there is none righteous, no, not one. And that's on an individual level that Paul goes through and shows that we're all under sin. We're all under bondage to sin. We're all deserving of hell. Then he goes into chapters 4 and 5 and begins to deal with this thing of justification or how we look before God just as if we've never sinned. How do we get to that place? Because that's what getting to heaven would require. You've got to be just as if you never sinned. You have to have the righteousness of Christ on your account. Well, as we looked in chapters 4 and 5 and looked at some Old Testament examples, we find that Paul totally refutes any of this uh, hyper-dispensationalism or, or this thing where it was a different method of salvation in every dispensation. No, we don't believe that for a moment. Paul conclusively proves in chapters 4 and 5 that, and then you could even look in Hebrews chapter 11 showing some of the same things, that salvation has always been by faith. Their faith was rested in the promise of God. That promise that they trusted in was the promised seed, the Messiah. They didn't know him by his name necessarily as Jesus Christ, but they in faith looked towards Christ. And because of their faith, the Bible tells us it was counted unto them for righteousness. So Paul shows us in chapters 4 and 5 of Romans how that they, all the way in the Old Testament, were being justified by faith, not by the works of the law. Chapter 6, 7, and 8, we really begin to deal with this thing of, of sanctification that how without submitting ourselves to God, without allowing God to live th- his life through us, we cannot live in our own strength in a way that would please God. Then there's kind of a subject shift, and we come to chapters 9 through 11, and I didn't really feel like I did a good job on that when we went through that, but I, I tried to do my best, and there's probably a lot I could have we could have maybe covered deeper, and there's others that could do it much better than I. But if we put this into just a very simple sentence... Basically, Paul shares his burden for his brethren, and Paul shows how that the Israelites, who had been the people of God, who had the advantage over the Gentiles in every way, 
totally missed the Messiah because they were not willing to submit themselves to the righteousness of God. They were trying to establish their own righteousness, being ignorant of God's righteousness. And he shows how that God set the Israelites on the shelf, and the church was brought in, formerly a mystery. Now we see what God's purpose is. But through this, Paul goes to show how God's not cast away his people for good. He says, what then hath God cast away his people? God forbid. And Hebrews, or I'm sorry, not Hebrews, Romans chapter 11 shows us how that God one day will be bringing them back in, and we're already seeing some of the forerunners to this. And I know there's a lot of people that disagree with that, but you can't argue with the Scripture. Chapters 9 through 11 are as about as clear as it gets. It's literal. It means what it means. It says what it says. And it talks about how God considered or concluded all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. And so Paul ends chapter 11 just praising the 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 uh, the riches and the wisdom of God. He, let me just read you the last little bit of chapter 11 because this gives us the backdrop as we're coming into chapter 12. We're going to need to understand where we're coming from to understand where we're going. So he says, uh, he's talking about how that God had set them, the Israelites aside for our sakes that we could also... Um, basically become to go, come to God. But let me just start reading in verse number 30. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they, may, they also may obtain mercy. Notice this. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, both Jews and Gentiles, that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again, for of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. So Paul has just shown how God set Israel temporarily to the side so that the Gentiles could be grafted and become part of God's children, part of the church, and, and we could have a way to God or we could have a personal relationship with God. It wasn't a Jews-only thing. It was now made available to all because of the sacrifice that Christ made on Calvary. And so with that backdrop, him praising the mercy of God and just praising God how that God allowed us a way in, he moves to chapter 12 with this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That word beseech, it carries the idea of begging, of pleading. And he's begging us, he's pleading with us on the, the basis of the mercy of God. What he's all just been dealing with in the past several chapters, how that God in mercy has reached out to us and we can come to God now and and, and we, we can have a fellowship, a relationship with him. We've been grafted in, we get to enjoy the spiritual privileges uh, of being... Uh, part of the spiritual seed of Abraham. We've not in any way, shape, or form replaced Israel as many would teach today, but God has grafted us in, allowed us to have a part 
But God wants us to play a part. Okay, so we've been saved. So you've come to God in faith. But I want to preach to you this week on this thought. You need to play your part. We need you to play your part. We come to chapter number 12, and here is where we hit a major shift. We go from everything being doctrinal or, or theological, all this head knowledge, all these facts, to now Paul's beginning to put it in shoe leather. And this this is the most important thing. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the most important thing when it comes to, to the Christian life. So many people, they let it stay in their head, but it never reaches the heart. Now, if your belief, if your faith has never reached your heart then I hate to break it to you, head belief is not salvation. It's got to reach the heart. But Paul's beginning to take all these things he's been teaching on and show us how this practically applies. There are so many people today, they, they go to church, they, they run through the motions, but they never fully sell out. I'm not saying you can't be saved and if you're not sold out. That's not what I'm getting at. and I feel like I'm getting maybe a little bit Uh, scattered here, but God has a part for you to play in his work. This we're, we're, We're talking to believers, okay? If you've not been saved, this doesn't apply for you. But if you've been saved, God is asking you a question. That's what I really want to begin to look at here as we begin to work through this this week. God wants your body, not just your head, not just your heart. God wants your body. God wants you to sell out to Him. Do you want to do something for God? Do you want to follow Him? Do you want to serve Him? This will have to be your first step. He wants your body. It's not enough for you to be going to church every Sunday and and Wednesday. It's not enough to be a part-time Christian. God is asking, God is begging, God is pleading with you to present your body a living sacrifice. What is that? What does it mean for me to give myself as a sacrifice? We'll pick this up tomorrow. Please tune in again at the same time. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.